For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJagwa.com. Women like you have told us. I'm not a big drinker, but it's remarkably easy to hold my beaver liquor. It's not at all harsh, and it has just the right amount of bite. I like the way my beaver liquor goes down, and it doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. At least I don't think it does. When I have my friends over, I make sure there's plenty of beaver liquor to go around because I want my guests to have enough beaver liquor to keep them satisfied. Beaver liquor, just for you ladies at fine liquor stores everywhere let's face it you've been working hard and you've got a hunger that's kicking your ass i sure could go for some nuts right now i too could go for the effervescent taste of nuts in my mouth sometimes those cravings are just too loud to contain man it's been a while since i had nut all up in my mouth by the way you have some nut on your chin somebody put a nut in my mouth well when you crave nuts there's only one product that you can put It doesn't. <laughs> it, 
that's an insult. You wanna? I don't care if people. <laughs> I don't care if people love it or hate it, but I want people to remember it. So, uh, so that's why I said, let's go dark, let's go ugly, let's go disturbing, and and let's uh, make them remember or at least listen. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, you've been involved in music for a very, very long time. Uh, <laughs> I, I've I've noticed just like you were saying earlier, uh, from from the EPs that you put out to now, um, mm-hmm. what has been the biggest change, I guess, uh, music-wise? Uh, for me, you say? Um, well, I went from Bon Jovi to Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I come from northern Quebec, right, where... Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's very white and, uh, you know, everybody's Catholic, so of course, uh, what, I don't know how it is down in Kansas, so, you know, it's one of the only states I haven't had the chance to be in yet, but, um, but yeah, so we had a lot of Motley Crue and Bon Jovi and Poison and all, you know, that very, you know, single-minded or like specific type of music and of course going to, to New York living in New York for four or five years then I've discovered like this complete other world of like funk music and, and I got involved into some rap project you know don't don't ask me how I got that but <laughs> I, I, I just ended up there and I've learned so much of it which what happened is I stopped writing altogether because I was like whoa what I'm writing you know is, is so done like it's so not original or, or so I really I said well if I'm not going to write any good stuff I'd rather not write at all so <laughs> So I stopped. <laughs> right? I, I said, I, I don't like being mediocre. This is not. So uh, so I stopped writing out together for like a couple of years. And uh, it's David, the producer, uh, which is also a good friend of mine, that really kicked my butt into writing again and, and said, you know, you, you have this talent. You should use it. And I said, okay, but now I'm, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it so I like it. You know, instead of trying to, to go for a niche or please people, said I, this is not about pleasing anymore. This is about saying what needs to be said and, and accomplishing something while having fun at it, you know? Well, five years from now, where do you think this uh, transition is going to take you? Uh, I'm darker, opening for Alice Cooper, hopefully. <laughs> Maybe a duet, you know, that'd be great. Um, right now we're working on a DVD already uh, that's going to show, like, some, some of the craziness backstage and, and the, you know, messed up stuff on stage. And um, uh, we're also looking at Europe because uh, they're so welcoming of that rock, you know, kind of music. And I was amazed to see, like, the southern states uh, as well. So, uh, so definitely, you know, looking at, at that as far as opportunities, uh, we want to get out there and tour. And um, this, uh, we're already working on the pre-production and uh, writing the second album, which... I mean, it's already established it's going to be darker and it's going to rock even more. I mean, tracks like uh, Justice and Criminal Mind, they came out at the end of the album. And like I said, it just got better and better. And so that by the end of Not Guilty, I was so excited that I said, wow, well, you know, next one, I'm just, I'm, I'm starting from where this album finished and I'm going even like crazier and, and you know that definitely that direction and 
maybe a bit away from the, you know, catchiness or, or whatever. And, uh, yeah, you know, making it fun and original at the same time. Well, Kathy, I appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. And uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep spinning your stuff and playing your stuff. And uh, I appreciate you doing this. Well, thank you so much, James. I mean, I was really flattered uh, by the invite, definitely. If anybody wants to comment or come check us out, uh, we're online at uh, Kathy Taylor, K-A-T-H-Y-T-A-L-E-R.ca. We're on MySpace as well, Kathy Taylor. And, uh, yeah, you know, we hope to see you soon. And maybe we'll be down there and make a stop at KGAJ. Oh, definitely. I will, uh, I'm going to send you some information on a couple uh, bars around here that might be interested in booking you. So watch out oh, for that. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, Kathy, have a good one. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you so much. You have a great day, dear. Thank you much. Bye. <laughs> Hey, this is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguar, so strip off those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com. Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJaguar.com. We're back here on the Jiggy Jaguar you Show, speaking with a talented, talented musician. Good Lord, this guy is just, he is all over the place. He is doing all sorts of things. Justin Roberts uh, played at the uh, Salina River Festival last year and uh, has a brand new CD out, Pop Fly. Good Lord, Justin. Hey, how you doing this morning, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, I'll tell you, this, uh, this CD is it's incredible. Give me a little information on the CD. Uh, well, we just put it out April 15th. Uh, yeah. which was, of course, tax day. I thought that would be a good day for people to remember. Um, and uh, it's 11 original songs. Uh, includes everything from baseball to field trips to grandmother's homemade cooking, just sort of all these memories that I had of my own childhood, trying to put them into songs. Well, I'll tell you, the... Uh uh, give us a, give us a little information on yourself also with this because there's a lot of people that uh, they know the name they just don't know uh, I guess the info. Yeah, well, uh, I'm based in Chicago and I play with a full rock band that's called the Not Ready for Naptime Players. Yeah. And uh, we play concerts for kids, uh, usually aged two to nine, and their parents and grandparents. And uh, it's all original music. It's really interactive and fun and maybe a little different than what people think of when they think of children's music because it sounds a lot more like what you might hear on the radio yeah well i'll tell you the uh the the cd i just i'm i'm in love with this cd this is oh, just, awesome. this you. is this is great stuff um what is the uh the track on here that you're most proud of um it, it's hard to say uh the um i'm really happy with the title track pop fly which has been yeah. a big hit with people and i've gotten some hilarious notes from little league <laughs> coaches saying this is exactly what <laughs> it's like or from uh, you know grown ups who are like that's exactly how my kid is in the outfield just completely spaced out <laughs> kind of a song about uh, a kid who can't keep his head in the game and is watching the, all the beautiful things in nature and not watching the pot fly that's coming towards his head <laughs> uh, that's one I'm really proud of yeah. uh, and Henrietta's Hair which is a 
kind of a faux Dylan, Woody Guthrie, Talking Blues kind of song that's about this girl who doesn't want to have her hair brushed and instead allows all these different insects and creatures to come live in it, which I think is uh, kind of a funny story uh, in general. Uh, and then I'm, all, I'm always a sucker for the ballads on the record. So of course. Really, the uh, final track is called Fruit Jar, and uh, that's probably one of my favorite ones. It's a duet with Nora O'Connor, who's a, uh, a great singer here in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, I think it just turned out really nice on the record. Well, Justin Roberts is with us this morning. JustinRobertsMusic.com is the website. The new CD, Pop Fly, featuring 11 original tunes, uh, came out on April 15th. Yeah. Justin, and there's, the, there's uh, also a video yeah. for Pop Fly on that website, and there's uh, samples and there's a mic. Oh thing. wow! Well, that's cool. So you're just you're you you've got everything covered marketing wise. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to make people uh, aware of it and get the, give them a chance to hear it, but. The video um, was actually done by my trumpet player, and uh, he did a really fantastic job. He got photos from fans uh, from all over the country and uh, kind of cut and pasted them out, so it's uh, got a really hilarious look, but uh, it features some fans <laughs> jumping around to the baseball. And it's, it's a little bit like South Park in, in, in its look, but it's yeah. very pleasant and fun at yeah. the same time. So uh, what got the what got the band together and started? Sorry about that. I have a well. Hey, that's fine, man. Hey, <laughs> you know that we've 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 had worse issues go on during interviews. <laughs> so that is tame. <laughs> now he's, see if I can get away from him. There we go. <laughs> I think it might be that uh, a small child is walking by my house <laughs> when he usually goes this crazy. He's trying to defend us. Well, you know, at least at least there's that. At least you're in there with that. That's awesome. Exactly. Well, uh, how did the band get together and uh, started doing music? And how, how, how did you uh, get started doing music? Well, I um, initially was uh, playing in a band in Minneapolis called Pimentos for Gus. Yeah. And uh, my day job turned out to be uh, a preschool teacher, and that was back in the early 90s. Uh, so when I was there, I started writing songs for the kids there and uh, didn't really think much of it at the time. And in fact, you know, stopped working at the preschool and went back to just playing clubs and got a job working in computers to pay the bills at the time. And uh, I, I amassed all these kids songs and and put together a tape for some of my friends none of whom had kids just as sort of a funny gift of like hey i, I wrote these kids songs check them out and uh one of my friends liam davis who lives lives here in chicago heard the tape and thought it, the songs were awesome and he was like you got to make a record even if you're not going to be a children's musician <laughs> and so uh we recorded the songs and um i went off to graduate school thinking nothing of it and uh it kind of took off on its own and we started playing shows in chicago and started getting bigger crowds and i was just like well maybe i should give this a shot i didn't mean to do it but <laughs> sometimes things sneak up on you and yeah tell you what you should do so well i'll tell you good good choice because the because we wouldn't have pop fly if you decided oh, yeah. you know, i'm just going <laughs> to shelve this whole later, thing so we're <laughs> doing it <laughs> So, um, who writes and produces most of the material? Is that your end of things, or uh, um, do you yeah, collaborate with the, someone? Or I write all the songs, um, the the lyrics and you know the melodies and the music, but I do 
collaborate uh, with both the band that I play with and uh, especially Liam Davis, who plays guitar and keyboard in the group. Yeah. And he's the person who originally suggested that I record the songs, uh, and he's the producer, so he does have a lot to do with with helping me realize the way that I want the songs to sound and, um, you know, getting the right instrumentation and, and oh, yeah. just horns and things like that on the records. So he does a great job. To get wow. It to sound like it does. So and you're... A, a lot of people have commented on how this record in particular, that the uh, actual yeah. sound of the recording is is very high fidelity and, and really nice, and that's definitely Liam's job. Well, that's cool. Well, you guys, uh, you, you yourself and then the band in general played, I'm sure, all over the place. Um, yeah. In fact, who we have, played at Los Angeles this weekend. Who are you guys, uh, uh, have you guys played with any, you know, mainstream acts that uh, the listeners would, would know, or, or they've all just been primarily festivals and things like that with other locals? Yeah, um, well, it's... Uh, you know, they tend to be events with other children's artists, so it depends yeah. on whether your listeners uh, <laughs> listen to those groups. But um, one of the groups that's crossed over and made some, some great uh, kids' records is They Might Be Giants. Oh, really? And um, we've gotten a chance to play with them uh, on two other occasions. In fact, we're playing with them in Kansas City um, in May at an event called Jiggle Jam. Um, <laughs> and that that's featuring a whole slew of really great artists, uh, yeah. Fishing in America and a few others. Um, wow. So, you know, that's been really fun because I, I mean, I've been following their career since their first record came out. Oh, yeah. I was in high school at the time, and I, I love their music. So that that's a, that was a big one. Um, and we played at a festival in Cleveland where we got to uh, perform on the same stage with Chubby Checker. Wow. Which uh, I managed to get my father his autograph, and I think that pretty much made his life. <laughs> so, uh, you know, just little things like that have happened where, um, uh, you know, you can't believe yeah. who you're standing next to. Oh, yeah. This weekend in L.A., uh, one of the other people that's going to be actually reading at this festival is Julie Andrews. Oh, really? So, you know, people like that we get to run into, which is... Very hey, surreal. Hey, that, that's that's fun. always a bonus, man. Yeah. <laughs> you could you be out there and you're all of a sudden, hey, look at that. <laughs> Hanging out with famous people. Yeah. And getting paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, awesome. We're hoping to make it back to Salina. It didn't end up working this year because of uh, a conflict, but um, yeah. Oh that yeah, we, is really yeah. a fantastic event. You guys are lucky to have something like that in your community. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely would. Uh, we love him and I wanted to just hang out there the whole weekend, <laughs> we to go back and play a gig somewhere else. But it was such a great environment. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you when when you when you swing back through here, we'll uh, we'll have you on the TV side, man. That, that would be awesome. Yeah, the, uh, the you're going to be playing this Friday at uh, Dodger Stadium. Is that what I hear? Yes. Um, the uh, Major League Baseball is doing a, uh, a little piece on us, I think, for their website. Yeah. Um, and as part of that, I'm going to be singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the middle, wow. middle of center field. Uh, so we're <laughs> pretty blown away by that. And then uh, I'm going to be down in um, North Carolina in uh, another week. Yeah. And uh, Liam and I are performing at that and we're going to be doing the national anthem at the Durham Bulls game wow 
we're getting a lot of fun baseball things happening as a result of the record, which uh, is making us all happy. Yeah. Well, uh, more games this summer. Oh yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, uh, the reviews are just flying in on this on this CD, Pop Fly. My God, I just I, I look at some of these and I'm blown away. What, what, you know, you guys actually making the music. What do you think of this whole thing? Um, well, certainly, uh, putting out a record is um, kind of a scary event. I mean, everything from writing the songs to getting it recorded to just worrying that people may not accept it as well as they have your past things that you've done or not feel like it's as good. So no matter how good I feel about a record, when we finish it, I'm always a little bit concerned that it won't resonate either with the grown-ups or, more importantly, maybe with the kids. And uh, I'm always happy when the songs start leaking out there to hear, like, my trumpet player say that his daughter knows every word to pop fly and then you know eventually to get some critical reviews in and uh you sort of breathe a sigh of relief knowing that uh, people appreciate it because we definitely work really hard at making something that we hope is great and uh are happy when people feel that way about it so. yeah well i'll tell you it's a it's 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 a big time cd my god this this thing is this thing is just is just doing so well out there um getting back to your to your stage work um any embarrassing moments or anything or have you been relatively uh easy to deal with <laughs> with, with on that and and, and never had never had to worry about anything yeah nothing entirely embarrassing has happened but uh i have playing for kids uh, there's always a lot of funny things that happen because <laughs> you're less aware of the wall between the performer and the, the audience and the, <laughs> feel free to just discuss things with you while you're performing a song. Um, and I had one particularly funny uh, thing happen in L.A. a year or two ago when we were playing a show where um, near the end of the show this girl came up and said, I'm, I'm very interactive things with the audience and saying, okay, I'm going to do this and you guys do that. And this girl came up and said, um, why are you always telling people what to do? <laughs> she just came up to the front of the stage and did that. So I was like, it was this very uh, revelatory moment. I was like, why am I doing that? So for the rest of the show, I was like, you don't have to do this, but should you want to, I suggest that you might want to put your hands in the air and shout this. Um, so stuff like that happens, which is always hilarious and makes um, the audience as much on stage as, as the performers. Fun. Wow. Well, uh, with with the new CD Pop Fly out, and uh, you know, what what is your stance on uh, the whole file swapping issue? Um, What's well, been interesting because I think uh, even um, the uh, just even I, digital sales yeah. and things like that for for kids' records, I think it's taken a little longer to reach um, uh, the children's market. Yeah. Partly, I think because you know, a lot of people buy these CDs as gifts and want to give a physical gift to somebody. Uh, and so I think it it hasn't affected so far um, children's music as much as it has other parts of the music industry. Um, you know, I certainly believe pretty strongly in copyrights and uh, know how much time and effort and money we put into making a recording like this. So I think people just uh, taking things for free is not... Uh, is not fair. Yeah. Um, 
but that's I also listen to vinyl records, so who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> you start to feel old when you start thinking thoughts like, <laughs> "Yeah, I don't understand what these kids are doing. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I really do appreciate things like uh, iTunes and stuff like that, and I, I use them. I mean, I still, if I can, will go out and, and buy a, uh, especially a, a vinyl record, but I also will buy a CD. Just yeah. I like reading liner notes and I like looking through the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I do I do purchase things on iTunes as well and I find it to be a really nice experience and sometimes there's one song that I want to, you know, like I want to figure out a song so I can just sing a cover of it and I can just look it up on iTunes, find that one song, buy the song. I mean, that kind of thing is great. Yeah. So I think, you know, you got to move with the future and, and see what happens. Well, We're that's hoping, cool. Um, you know, to do a lot more with video and the, the one video we have that we just did for Popfly, we have up on YouTube. And Dave and I are talking about doing more little vignettes and things for YouTube yeah. and maybe eventually turning it into a full-length DVD. Yeah. So that's kind of well, that's project. cool. Well, that that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, the uh, the CD's out right now. Popfly, Justin Roberts has been our guest uh, today on the Jiggy Jaguar Show. JustinRobertsMusic.com is where you can see uh, the video for Popfly. Um, what, what else you got going on over there? Um, we've got a lot of fun stuff. We have a uh, coloring book that you can download on yeah. the site. We, of course, have an email list where you can uh, keep up to date on shows that are happening. Of course, there's a, a store that has not only CDs, but T-shirts and other things. And uh, there is, um, oh, if you go to the very front page, you can hear um, kids singing different songs from previous records. Oh, really? Um, That's cool. definitely an enjoyable oh. few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Spend some time on that. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I, mean, I couldn't believe it when I got, I, I, we did the contest, and I didn't know if we'd get any responses, and then we got responses of kids singing the entire song word for word, and I'm just thinking, yeah. wow, how did they learn all these lyrics? <laughs> I can't even remember them myself. <laughs> well, that's great stuff. Well, Justin, I appreciate the interview, and we'll definitely have to catch up with you soon, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Definitely, great. and enjoy uh, and enjoy your Major League Baseball experiences. I will. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Well, Justin, we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one, okay, my friend. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguars. So strip off those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com. Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJaguar.com. Uh, let me do the intro here real quick, and we'll be off and running. We're back okay. here on the Jiggy Jaguar show. Um, I'll tell you. A lot of good guests we've been having over the past couple of weeks, and uh, we're just continuing on here. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to let them jump in here and, and uh, introduce themselves. Okay, Go. I'm Judy Bart Kansagor, and my new book is Cooking Jewish. Yes, indeed. Uh, give us some uh, information on what people can find in the book. Well, this is a family cookbook. Over 300 family members contributed to the cookbook, and it really came out of a self-published cookbook that I did just for my family. My aunts were starting to die off. We were expecting our first grandchild, and I kind of felt, you know, one generation was leaving, another one was coming, and I wanted to get down those recipes that I'd grown up on, most of all those stories, too. 
So I just put out this spiral-bound, self-published book, and the darn thing took off. And eight <laughs> printings later, I had sold 11,000 copies, and Workman Publishing came to me. Holy kind of crap. A, kind of a, I like to say I give other authors hope. Yeah. Wow. So it took me four and a half years to rewrite the book, and of course a lot of family members who had no time for me when I was doing a self-published cookbook heard the cookbook was being published and suddenly came out of the woodwork. So we've got over 300 of them, in-laws of in-laws of in-laws in the cookbook. Wow. So uh, this thing just, just really took off. Were you surprised by uh, all the success of it? I certainly was. I mean, at first my son was going, you know, why are people reading about our family? But I think there's something about, you know, all the stories and the the immigrant experience is kind of a universal experience, isn't it? Yeah. You know, people can really relate to that. My grandfather came from Russia in 1906, and, you know, I've got stories about the, his homeland and... And and even um, more recent stories too. People, I have a very large, raucous family, as you can see. Oh yeah. This book, which is now 704 pages. So I'm warning you, <laughs> don't drop it on your toe. Uh, and the family, of course, is taking bows. They all think they're going on Oprah. <laughs> They're all ready. Listen, she had the Osmonds. They think the Rabinowitz is the next. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the, uh, the, give me some of the information on how the book, um, in the very beginning, uh, began to take shape. Well, um, as I say, you know, I just felt the time marching on, you know, as my aunts were getting sick. So I had grown up on these stories, and I just remembered all these wonderful recipes. My aunts were fabulous bakers, and whenever we would get together, you know, they would always... And it was always the same food. Isn't that something about the 50s? Yes, indeed. Each, each of the aunts had their um, special recipes that they made. You know, my Aunt Sally with her red, white, and blue cake, she called it. And uh, my grandmother's <laughs> walnut cake, and my aunt Estelle's uh, chopped liver and gefilte fish, you know, all these Jewish things. And I wanted the children to kind of know about all these old Jewish dishes. So I have a lot of old stuff, but a lot of new stuff, too. For example, we've got Passover coming up right now, and, of course, chicken soup. That's de rigueur for every holiday, right? Yes. And for Passover, of course. And my mother, who is 90, is still making that soup. And um, wow. we've got it in the freezer waiting for a Passover. So I've got Aunt Irene's uh, old-fashioned traditional matzo balls, because you've got to have matzo balls. Oh, of course. And I've also got my shiitake mushroom matzo balls. Wow. So that's kind of a new twist on an old favorite. Well, there's uh, 532 traditional and untraditional recipes. Uh, good Lord. And yeah. how, how, how did you collect all these? You know, I just sent out, when I was doing my self-published book, I just sent out a letter to my aunt, starting out with the Rabinowitz side, which is my mother's side of the family. We were very close. We were all the cousins who kind of raised together. If you remember that movie Avalon from years ago? Yes, indeed. It was kind of like that, you know. Um, and uh, so I just sent out a letter to my aunts, my first cousins and their adult children, and the response was overwhelming. In, I started getting phone calls, can my, can my sister-in-law be in the book? Can my sister-in-law's mother-in-law be in the book? So I said, okay, anybody <laughs> related to the Rabinowitzes can be in the cookbook, because we're a very welcoming, open family, yeah. very inclusive. And um, so that meant I could go to my husband's side of the family and my father's side of the family, and this thing just kind of grew. And of course, my friends who wanted to get in the cookbook, of they course. came in through the back door because you see if my friends give my mother a recipe then it's kind of my mother's recipe isn't it 
Yeah, of so course. When the self-published book first came out, my brother called me and he goes, Judy, I didn't know that Mommy was such a cook. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all my friends are included and friends of my cousins are included, so we've got quite a variety here. Well, it's got tons and tons of photographs, and my God, how old are some of these that are in here? You know, some of the photographs really go back, you know, close to 100 years. I mean, there are my aunts, and, you know, people look at those photographs and say, oh, they were so glamorous, you know, pictures of my grandparents. Uh, my grandparents married in 1905, so I have their wow. wedding picture in there from Russia. Um, and a lot of, you know, newer pictures, too. There's over 500 photographs, and people really were so generous. I mean, they really ransacked their photo albums for me. People were trusting me with their grandparents' wedding pictures, etc. We even have some relatives from the St. Louis a uh, area. Wow. Yeah, my grandfather had two brothers yeah. who came to America. One of them went to St. Louis, one to Detroit. And uh, so we've got family right in your area. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, the, uh, the, the book is uh, just, just fabulous. How has, um, I'm, you know, you mentioned earlier, all, all of the family is, is really excited about it. How has the, uh, how has the local response been? And, and, uh, really terrific. I mean, the book was published by Workman, and they are just absolutely incredible. And um, as I say, I've been on a tour. They've gotten me on some TV shows and radio. Listen, I was a court reporter for 24 years. <laughs> <laughs> You've known me for about five minutes. Do I sound like the type of person that would be happy to sit in the corner and tap on a machine? That's what I was doing when this all came about. So nobody was more surprised than I. And uh, I'm just loving this part of it. So, yeah, there's been a terrific reaction. Well, um, you you also write a, a food column as well. Give yeah, us some information you, on that. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, here, you don't know how hilarious this is. Food is yeah. my nemesis my entire life. Isn't oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I became a food writer for... Yeah, that's, that, it's, it's amazing. How has the... Um, um, I guess the the readership, I'm sure, is, is probably, I'm sure a lot of your readers have picked up the book. Have you gotten any uh, feedback from that? Or I do get emails from people. I write for the Orange County Register, which is yeah. uh, it's the second biggest paper in Southern California. Oh, yeah. LA Times. And I, I do their uh, Passover stories. I also have a column. So I, I do, they put my email address at the end, and I do get a nice response. And also on my website, cookingjewish.com, yeah. I post a lot of those stories. So there's a lot more than just um, recipes from my cookbook. There's recipes from a lot of different sources and a lot of different stories that I've done for the Register. I also write for the Canadian Jewish News and do some stories for the... Jewish News, um, uh, the L.A. Jewish Journal, so um, nice. quite a variety on the website as well. Lots of stuff for Passover. Oh, yeah, and, uh, you know, as, as far as that goes, is there anything left after Passover for you as far? Because <laughs> it seems like you're doing everything for that. And, <laughs> yeah, you got to get out the vacuum cleaner after Passover because there's lots and lots of crumbs. Um, you know, it is our foodiest holiday. You know, you give Jewish cooks a, a challenge. You know, you tell them, you can't have this. Now what are you going to do? Well, Jewish cooks are up <laughs> to the challenge. And we, we rise to the occasion, although we're not supposed to rise on Passover. Exactly. No leaven, exactly. no rising. So uh, we use a lot of eggs, a lot of nuts. You know, I tell people, boy, if you're allergic to eggs and nuts, it's going to be a really long week. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the best food is, is made on Passover. And, of course, my, if, as you can see by looking at this cookbook, 
uh, we're kind of uh, heavy on the sweets in the Rabinowitz family. I've got four chapters of sweets alone, not to mention the sweets that are in the Passover chapter. So there's some things that we make just once a year. Uh, for example, kugels. You know, a kugel is a dish that um, is thought of as a Jewish dish. And usually you make it with noodles. Well, we can't have noodles for Passover, so we use matzah. And, yeah. uh, and yes, you can freeze it. I get these calls every year. Yes, you can freeze it. Mine is waiting in the freezer for um, Saturday, and we're going to defrost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I can't believe you, you were a court reporter all those years. I know. Just <laughs> <laughs> 24 years of that. Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. My job was to give people back their words with no input from me. Wow. So I'm really, really happy to be, you know, that I stopped doing that. And, and found this whole, at my age, you know, with, a, with four grandchildren, uh, that I found a whole new career. And, of course, my granddaughter, Samantha, is on the back cover of the book. Instead of using an author photo, we have a photo of me baking with Samantha, and she's very tickled to be on the back cover. Well, that's cool. Well, as far as the, uh, you know, you, you, you've wrote the book, you've done all sorts of things. Are you planning on doing a follow-up or anything? Gosh, people are asking me that. Right now I'm kind of basking in this book. I've got a couple of ideas up my sleeve. This one did take me four and a half years to write, so I don't know if I'm I, – I need a breather before I embark upon another <laughs> one. <winter. laughs> but I did have just lots and lots of help. I mean, people, even people I didn't know signed up to help me. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of them was a guy that wrote to me uh, after I did an article in the Orange County Register. He just started yeah. corresponding with me in response to an article I did. And when I told him that I was doing a um, cookbook, he tested more recipes for me than anybody. I mean, he was just great. And I did finally meet him. So it really has been amazing. And then I belong to the Jewish Food List, which is a listserv online. Yeah. 2,000 um, members belong to that list worldwide. And so people wow. were writing to me privately from South Africa, yeah. Australia. So these recipes were tested around the globe, i got to tell you. Nice. Well, I'll tell you, that is, hell, you know, can't get any better than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> lots and lots of help. Well, the, uh, the book is just so in-depth. Um, have you had anybody, you know, uh, I guess, any negative feedback or anything from it, or has it all been positive? I really, I can't think of anything negative. Well, maybe if you want to call this negative, you know, we had to cut the book down. I mean, yeah. 704 pages here, so it, it is hefty. Um, and the original, when I started with my recipes, I really had a 1,000. By the time I turned them wow. I had 700. And uh, the original book was, it was, the subtitle was going to be 652 great recipes, but when they laid it out, it was almost 1,000 pages. And they said, Judy, no one's going to be able to lift this thing. So they started cutting. And they think they're cutting recipes. And I'm going, those are not just recipes. You're cutting cousins. You know, I had to worry about the politics of the family. But I think we smoothed yeah. it all over, you know. We had a couple of skirmishes. I call it the Kugel Wars, you know, because everybody thinks their Kugel recipe is the best. And we had to cut it down to the 12 best. Yeah. And then, of course, the chicken soup. My gosh, every cousin gave me recipes for their mother's chicken soup, and they said their mother's is the best. <laughs> well, what I told them is, and what I put in my book, when you write your cookbook, you can say your mother's is the best. Exactly. But my mother's really is the best. And when you look at the recipe, you can see why. She puts the whole produce market into that soup. Holy crap. It is really deep dark, dense. I mean, that soup is so, so tasty. 
and I save it if I'm making uh, gravy or stuffing or anything that asks for chicken stock. If I use my mother's chicken soup in that, it's going to be really, really fabulous. <laughs> and, of course, what's chicken soup without the matzo balls? Of course. Got to have those, too. Well, you've got all sorts of things in here. This could be, you literally could spend years cooking all of this <laughs> great food in here. And splattering that, that book up. <laughs> I'm looking at mine right now. <laughs> it is really dog-eared, and that's the way I like to see it. Yeah. I just, you know. I, I, I love this. I just, I just love this book. I was reading through this earlier today, and I, I, I read it as soon as we got it, and I'm just like, my God, this, this has just got a wealth of information in it. Well, I'm really, I have to say, I mean, you can imagine how tickled I was when out of nowhere I got a book deal. You know, um, but <laughs> I mean, I really, really didn't expect it. it. Was I have to tell you, the, the representatives from Workman Publishing saw me speak at an event, and that's when they offered me. They came over to me out of the blue, and I didn't even realize there were going to be publishers in the audience. So when I went home and I told my family I had a book deal, my yeah. sister's going, "Oh, mom, now all your dreams are coming true." I said, "What dreams? I never dreamt this." So it really, I mean, as exciting as you can imagine that would be, I really have to say honestly that the thing I'm most proud of is that what I set out to do, I wanted the history of our family for my coming grandchildren. Yeah. And the thing that tickles me the most is they now have it, you know. And well, it makes me you sad, you know, I speak at different events all over the country, et cetera, and people come over to me when I finish and they, they say, oh, you're so lucky, you know, I never asked, I never watched, and now everybody's gone, you know. And it's so wonderful that you have this record of your family for, you know, for future generations. And that's really yeah. what I wanted, what I had in mind. Well, I'll tell you, I've, I've enjoyed the talk. It's incredible. Um, incredible book. We'll definitely have to have you back. Oh, thank you it's, so much. I'd it, love to do it. I'll tell you, it's, it's an incredible book. And uh, when you do write the follow-up. Let me know. <laughs> will. Keep, keep me abreast of this. Will you, will you have yourself a, a good morning, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thank you so Thanks. much. So nice to talk Bye. to you. Bye now. Hey, this is Dutch. You're listening to the Jiggy Jaguars. So strip off those clothes, grab that bowl of jello, and let's get busy. JiggyJaguar.com Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJaguar.com. Lord, what are you doing? Oh, right, you're doing an interview. <laughs> this should be a hatchet job. We're back here on the world-famous Jiggy Jaguar show, and uh, Judah Freed has been nice enough to uh, stop by and say hey to us this morning. Uh, awakening your global sense judah freed power to change our world uh the website is media-visions.com you can also uh, check him out at judahfreed.com which is j-u-d-a-h-f-r-e-e-d.com and uh judah freed's with us judah freed how you doing this morning my friend well, I'm doing fine. How are you? Pretty good, actually. Uh, give us some information on uh, on these websites first, of all, before we we jump into everything. Well, um, let's see. The website for the main book is makeglobalsense.com. Makeglobalsense.com is the yeah. website for the book. If people are curious about me, they can uh, go to my professional services website, I guess you'd call it, which is judahfreed.com, J-U-D-A-H-F-R-E-E-D, judahfreed.com. If you are interested in my writing on media and politics, they can go to uh, media-visions.com, 
And if folks are interested in my national political writing, they can go to examiner.com, where I'm the uh, national political issues examiner for the new examiner.com. Well, uh, the book is is incredible. This is... I can't say enough good things about this book. Um, how did you... I guess, uh, how did you come to write this book? Well, in some ways the book came to write me. So. <laughs> uh, after 9-11, I was doing a lot of journal entries, and a couple weeks out from the actual attacks in New York and Washington, it suddenly struck me that Thomas Paine's common sense would be a good frame for talking about the issues that I was concerned about, specifically how we had a tendency to give away our power to strong leaders and abdicate responsibility for self-government. The book then just sort of flowed out of me you know, very quickly. Um, inside of about three months, I had written, or did, you know, at least it came out of me about <laughs> oh something well over a hundred thousand words. Yeah, which has since been edited down and rewritten, and uh, it's now in its third edition, uh, which is just now available out on Amazon as well as from my website, Make Global Sense. Well, the uh, the, the book was uh, well, is just terribly, terribly detailed. Um, you also had uh, Tom Hartman write the uh, write the foreword for the book. How did you How did you get him to do that? Um, pure blessing. I uh, contacted him, and he was he was gracious enough to uh, to agree to to uh, to uh, offer the forward. And uh, also, I was privileged to get Vandana Shiva out of India to do the preface. Wow! And uh, and, and then the uh, the 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 prologue, which actually came first, uh, was by my friend uh, David Wan, who was one of the co-authors of the book Affluenza, which at one time was a major PBS special, so yeah. you might remember it. Well, uh, it follows a uh, four-part structure and logic of common sense. Um, well, this this is just this is just great. What was the uh, what was I guess the most challenging part of writing the book? For me, was finding a way to take Payne's passion and keep that passion while at the same time shifting from a call for a violent revolution to a call for uh, for peaceful evolution. And wow. Probably the trickiest part because it had been really easy to sink into anger and, and a lot of blame. And that wasn't the approach that I wanted. Yeah. And I just had clear guidance that the way to go after this was to really try to come at it from a... From a not necessarily an intellectual place, but a heart space that's more, more peaceful. If anything, I would say actually the hardest part has been to to really move the book that 18 inches from the head into the heart. Well, the uh, the book is is just like I said, terribly, terribly detailed. What what was all the uh what was some of the thought of putting some of? Do you think I'm too deep? No, 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 no. I I think it's great. I uh, I was getting ready to ask what what was the uh, what was some of the things that you wanted to put in the book that you ended up leaving out. Oh, <laughs> what ended up in the cutting room floor? <laughs> quite, quite a bit. Uh, there was initially a really long section that went through the whole background of the philosophy that that influenced and informed pain in that whole era that led up to the American Revolution. And that was probably 
That's probably about ten to 20,000 words right there. And at some point that might become a, a chapbook or something separate. Yeah. But that was uh, that all got squeezed down to uh, to uh, less than a chapter. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it is a fascinating fascinating subject because if people don't realize that a lot of the ideals that we hold precious today actually emerged over about a 500 year period, starting yeah, even be, starting before the Renaissance with the rediscovery of the Greek text, which by the way had been preserved by the by the Muslims. Uh, well, Europe was plunged in darkness during the, uh, as we call the Dark Ages. Yeah. So well, you uh, they were the ones who preserved who preserved the uh, the wisdom of the Greeks and the Romans. Yeah. And uh, so we we owe a huge gratitude to that culture, in my judgment. Well, you've got uh, th- this book going, but uh, you also do some uh, some other things. You just don't you know sit around and write great books. <laughs> What 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 are some of the other uh, some of the other activities you're involved in? Well, uh, I've just started a new gig, as I mentioned, as the uh, National Political Issues Examiner for Examiner.com. Yeah, and uh, that's available nationwide. Just go to uh, just go to Examiner.com, and I'm one of the national crews. So if you they have like local websites. Uh, Probably the best thing to do is to just click when it says change location, click for national, and then just click politics, and you'll find me among the group of national examiners. I'm the political issues examiner. Lately, I've been taking a look at what's going on around the financial crisis. So, uh, essentially, you're just you're just all over the map with everything. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have wide-ranging interests, but. Yeah. You know the uh, you know my my overarching concern is how well we're actually preserving and protecting and reinforcing democracy. Yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of things that come under that under the, the political campaign. For example, I've been doing a lot of radio interviews lately, dealing with the problems of propaganda use and misuse during the campaign. Because there's a lot of tricks and techniques that I think listeners need to become conscious are being used to manipulate their thinking and their emotions. Especially I'm an advocate of self-rule. Yeah. And the only way we're going to do that is we become emotionally and consciously and intellectually mature enough to be able to make intelligent decisions on our own. Yeah. A lot of people, and this was a judgment call, but a lot of people, I believe, tend to think that they need some strong leader to tell them what to do. And that's usually someone who's an alpha male and if not an alpha male it's an alpha female who's assuming the traits of an alpha male and in most cases that's not healthy it's uh, there's some evidence that may not necessarily even be our natural biological imperative and that a lot of it might actually be culturally entrained rather than genetically entrained and I think we need to outgrow that the consequence for men, for example, is that we tend to have shorter lives. We tend to live cut off from our emotions. We tend to uh, produce uh, lots of violence and, and wars in our competition with one another. And I think it's time we outgrow that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Jude, I've, uh, I've, been, I've really enjoyed reading the book, and uh, I've enjoyed our conversation here this morning. Uh, Jude Freed, the website, he's, he's got all sorts of different websites. He's all over the place. Uh, but uh, media-visions.com is where you can pick up the brand-new book, Global Sense, by Jude Freed. Yeah, Jude, the website I, for the book itself is makeglobalsense.com. There you go. 
makeglobalsense.com with Judah Freed. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Thank you again for your interest. Thank you. Have a, good, have a good morning. Bye-bye. Download all the past bits and best interviews with new things added each week at JiggyJagwa.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.